Warner Brothers has pushed Dune Part 2 all the way to March 2024. Talk to Me passes $50 million at the global box office, and Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon gets a new trailer. Let's break down this week's movie news. Hello, movie friends, and welcome back to another episode of Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. And we have another episode of Movie News where we go through all of the industry news so you don't have to. Now, there are a lot of trailer releases, movie announcements, and some new movies at the box office. So let's head into the box office, Jim. What do we got this weekend? Well, at number one, we have a new champion at the box office for now. It could change in the next day or two. Gran Turismo is expected to pull in. 16.5 16.5 million in its opening weekend, taking over Barbie, which at which is at second place at 15 million dollars. However, Blue Beetle has dropped 70% in its second weekend, Jeez. all the way to 10 million dollars on its second weekend. Ticket prices are are low this weekend, though. Do you know For about some yeah, theaters? National Cinema Day ticket prices were four dollars, and that was in 3,000 theaters. So. If that hadn't happened, I would say all of these numbers would be a little bit higher, but still a good indication that Gran Turismo probably would have made closer to $20 million opening weekend yeah, if it wasn't for National Cinema Something Day. like that, yeah, 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 yeah. But still, Blue Beetle all the way down in third place on its second weekend as the DC's biggest film of the summer of August. That's not good news yeah. because yeah. that is a huge decline. And, I mean, that box office, I mean, will that movie make $100 million? Probably. I doubt that. Not, I mean, it made $25 million, then $10 million, so it's at about 40 total for the middle, week, middle of the week as well. So it's already taken its big bites out of the pie. It will probably finish with about $60 million domestic is my guess. And then Oppenheimer still going strong with $8 million. It's closing in on $300 million domestically. Barbie... On the other hand, it's closing in on $600 million domestically. It, it is closing in on Super Mario Brothers, $1.32 billion. It's not at $1.5 yet. It is slowing down. It's not at $1.5 yet. It is slowing down. If anyone but, doesn't know, we have a, a $20 bet on Barbie hitting $1.5 billion. Anthony thinks it will. So I everybody go see Barbie again. <laughs> if everyone listens to the show, it'll, it'll happen, maybe. I was, I was very confident last week. Then I looked at the numbers today, and it's, it's still making money, but... It's not quite the same. Making a lot of money. Now, Gran Turismo, that budget was $60 million. All right, mid-range budget. So maybe $100 million total with marketing. They need to make some cheddar cheese because that's not a great opening weekend, I would say. But maybe... It did do... It's doing really well overseas, though. Okay. It's done really good numbers in Europe and in the Asian market. So it's actually going to be a profitable film. All right, cool. But we're not sure how big of a hit it will be domestically. But I think that it will end up making about... $150, $200 $150, $200 million globally. So. I still haven't seen it. I want to see it. I want to check it well, out. Well, it just came out here. True. It came out two weeks ago in Europe. And then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem pulled in another $6 million. So pretty good week at the box office. Anthony's mic flag just fell off his, his mic. Just leave it on the floor, man. <laughs> just leave it. I'll, I'll we got these it. new mic flags, <laughs> and they're great. <laughs> they they're Visually, aesthetically, very pleasing and great little billboards for the show. They have the logo and everything, but we accidentally got sent the wrong size foam inserts for the bottom of the microphones and we're getting new ones in but well so sad it won't even go in now that's what she said (laughs) fit on his his microphone so box office you know it's spread pretty well if you think about it everyone's making like in the teens and the tens that's pretty pretty interesting everyone's doing teens numbers everyone's doing pretty good (laughs) (laughs) next up all right let's get to the real news the real fucking terrible news all right 
Now, I know two weeks ago, Warner Brothers said that they weren't going to delay Dune Part 2. They said, Liars! They said everything was fine. We already did the pre-release stuff. So Six we weeks in IMAX alone. Yeah, we don't want to spend any more money on the film than we already have to. So it's still going to come out. However, it was just announced by Warner Brothers that Dune Part 2 will be moved to March 14th, 2024. And I'm fucking pissed. I wonder if they thought that negotiations were going to get settled up. I'm guessing because they just did talks last week. Yeah. And then Iger said he was surprised that writers didn't sign. So maybe they were expecting like, maybe they're like, we gave them such a good deal. We gave them free passes to Equinox (laughs) for a month. (laughs) Free trial. Free trial one day. (laughs) We gave them free Max accounts. (laughs) They can log in multiple devices. I don't see what the big deal is. Now, March four, not March is going to be fucking stacked with movies. Several other films that were supposed to come out this fall have been pushed to March. So I'm not sure this is any good for the studios because it's a jam-packed month now. And year. It's kind of going to be – it's kind of like this summer where there are so many movies that came out because of delays that they didn't make quite as much as they would have. Like Mission Impossible 7 is an example where it didn't make as much as it could have because they moved their release date to a week before Barbenheimer when that was supposed to originally come out the year before, and they chose that week, um, July 7th. Not a good move. July 14th, I mean. So I don't – I mean, I think that Warner Brothers is just taking money off the table by putting it in such a jam-packed month when if they had released it normally, like we said, six weeks in IMAX, we've seen with Oppenheimer – the monetary potential of IMAX screens compared to other screens if film if filmmake goers really want to see it in that medium. I think this is a terrible move. It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, clearly the strikes aren't going to be done until 2024. But this like, is- I understand that the studios want to have their Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya press tours. They want all of the interviews. They want the red carpets all over the world. Mm-hmm. You know, they want the hype built. However... What if the movie doesn't come out in March? Or if it gets pushed again? This was your opportunity, like Anthony said, take over IMAX screens for a month and a half, as well as you don't really have to market Dune that much. It's gonna people are gonna go see this movie no matter what. It made three fifty in lockdown. Yeah, and people are excited about this movie, and I think that it would have done fine without the press tour, the marketing, the interviews, everything. I understand that the studios want that, but Maybe times are changing where a movie can succeed, especially the sequel to such a blockbuster, can succeed without that tour because we have social media. Everyone knows it markets itself to an extent. I mean, we market the hell out of Dune. We're like basically – we're not paid, but like we talk about Dune more than any other podcast probably. <laughs> and it's basically a Dune and Nolan podcast. So like they market themselves these days and – So want to hear the March releases? Yeah. That were already scheduled. So – we have Kung Fu Panda 2, 4, the, A Quiet Place Day 1, the prequel, Godzilla vs. Kong, Snow White, Ghostbusters Afterlife 2, Mickey 17, and then Dune. I think it's a placeholder. I don't think it's going to come out in March. There's there's literally no room for it already. I think it's a placeholder. I think it's a, You're right. I think, I think it's a yeah. BS date. I think it's going to get... It's just like one of those, let's throw it back because they, they don't know when the strikes are going to end. They're not going to release that a week before Godzilla I'd be Kong. shocked. I'd it's honestly... This, I'll be shocked if Dune Part 2 comes out in March. That makes no sense. It makes no sense Because at all. Godzilla has to have IMAX time. Absolutely. And so March and this four- is March 14th. So Godzilla comes out 15th. And then before that is A Quiet Place. It makes no sense. There's I no think room all, for it. I think, it's, I think it's a fake date. Although I'm really excited for Mickey 17. Yeah, Mickey 17 it's gonna looks be great. That's, 
that's a terrible time. Did for you a movie see? Did you see the memes though of um, people making video memes? Ludwig Göransson realizing that um, Hans Zimmer won't be competing for the Oscar this year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the creator, the creator comes out. That's next true. That's month. true. That's true. And then uh, it was Denis Villeneuve is realizing that he doesn't have to compete against Oppenheimer for best, best director. Picture, best director. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, man, I I think it's a fake date. And the the irony was that the Empire covers came out the day before. Yeah. Did you see the Empire covers? The My great. Blu-ray came in the day of of Dune. My Blu-ray <laughs> so Ultra. It was uh, 4K UHD? Yeah. Nice. I, I got it in the mail the day that it got pushed back. So I think personally it's a bad move. I think March is just a fake date because they have no idea when the strikes are going to end. I think they really don't have any idea when they're going to release these movies. Yeah. And these movie theaters are turning into cemeteries of movie posters of films whose release dates we have never – no, we don't know. I saw that tweet. That was yeah. funny. <laughs> It's crazy. So I think Doom Part 2 is not coming out in March. I think it was a bad move, and I think they're just going to keep pushing it back and back until— They might make it summer. Yeah, It's a terrible move to release in March with all those movies. Yeah. Terrible, terrible move. Unless they don't want to make money. I don't get it. I don't get it. I understand, like I said, they want the Timmy Chalamet Zendaya press tour, but— Not that important. It's pretty hot. Barbenheimer's been doing just fine. They had press tours, though. For a week. For a week. It's not like they people, got, they got some It's good, not like people weren't going to see Barbie cuz Margot Robbie didn't walk a red carpet. Exactly. They got some good looks in though. <laughs> yeah. But it's like it's not like people were like, "Oh, what's this movie? I just saw Killian Murphy on a red carpet." Like, what is the movie? Exactly. It doesn't it markets itself. Everyone <laughs> yeah. knows. Everyone knows. So, I think it's a bad move by Warner Brothers. Oh, man. Anyways, moving on. Oh, and there's more Dune news. Oh, yeah. So, Anthony brought up the images we got. Empire Magazine got some exclusive looks. And we have some new covers of the Atreides as well as a cover of the Harkonnens. We got a new look of Paul Atreides and Fide Rautha. Austin Butler says his Fide is a cross between a psychopathic killer, a snake, and Mick Jagger. That's pretty interesting. He's going to be doing like the peacock dance. Uh, uh. <laughs> and then <laughs> Denis Villeneuve calls Dune Part 2 a war movie. Hell yes. Which it is. It's going to be sick. And this all came out the day before it was pushed back. <laughs> Terrible decision. The covers are great, though. Warner Brothers, you need some, you need some help running your shit. Honestly, let's let's take over, man. Just let, us, just let us do you it. You had six weeks of IMAX by itself. Six oh weeks God. of IMAX. They're probably gonna release Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer <laughs> just made so much money in IMAX. Just on the yeah, I mean, just on the seventeen screens for seventy million. Oh my millimeters. goodness! Some pretty good news for the box office. A twenty four finally had its hit this year. It with Talk to Me which passed $50 million at the global box office. It's a saving grace this year because A24 has had a lot of bad-performing films. Unfortunately, even though they're fantastic movies, people aren't going out to see them. Luckily, this is a saving grace for them. It actually made more money than both Midsummer and The Witch. I said it correctly. You did it. I said Midsummer. Midsummer. <laughs> Midsummer. Midsummer. I always say Midsummer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. I mean, nobody knew what The Witch was. And A24 wasn't a brand when The Witch came out. But it was still a surprisingly successful yeah. film, The Witch. Oh, yeah, for I sure. think that, yeah. I think it made, like, 17-something, like, 20 million, maybe. But Midsummer made, like, 40, Yeah, which is pretty successful. But, I mean, that's awesome because, what, that movie came out three, four weeks ago, so just slowly building and just great word of mouth, and it's an excellent horror film. So good for A24, and obviously they greenlit a sequel to Talk To Me for Talk To Me. Yeah, they're going to turn into a franchise. Again. Talk To Me too. Talk To Me One More Time. It's so, a good movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a good time, but they needed that money, man. All right, we got some cool trailers this week. Rebel Moon. Zack Snyder's film. This trailer slapped, and it's awesome because we all know the story of Rebel Moon. In case you don't, 
he pitched this rated R Star Wars story to Kathleen Kennedy in Lucasfilm about 10, 12 years ago after he made Man of Steel, I believe. And he had a great idea, and it's dark, gritty, rated R Star Wars. And they turned him down. I don't know why, but they turned him down. They're Snyder, Snyder haters. So Zack Snyder decided, you know what? Netflix, I got a great relationship with them. I made Army of the Dead, and they gave me money to make Rebel Moon. And basically, it's his own version of a Star Wars movie, and it looks sick. I love the aesthetic. Great action sequences. The cast is absolutely stacked. Original sci-fi, as well as... Having lightsabers, but they look even cooler. <laughs> yeah, they're they look cool. cool, man. The smoke issuing from oh yeah. man, like why is only Star Wars get to use lightsabers? Exactly, and it's not a lightsaber; it's like a laser sword. I'm sure. <laughs> so, I it's like uh, it's like how 65 was like we don't need only Jurassic Park can can't have uh, access to dinosaurs in movies. So let's why not, man? I think it looks fantastic. It looks gigantic in scope, and the ensemble cast is excellent. I mean, we got some huge A-listers. In this in this ragtag crew of fighters, but I really like the design. I like the way it's shot. It's very different looking from what we're used to. It has a more tangible, hands-on feel to it compared to a, like a lot of very clean sci-fi cinematography we're getting now nowadays. So it looks like Zack Snyder's cooking something really cool. He also just announced that the sequel to Army of the Dead is going to be coming out in a couple of years. He's working on that, and he says it's going to be huge in scope and it's going to be called planet of the dead oh my god so it's going to be really big i love it i love him yeah. staying in the zombie genre and netflix even though they make a bunch of like questionable content they do give filmmakers freedom to do what they want which is why david fincher keeps working with them what's why scorsese worked with them it's why the coen brothers are working with him them and that's that's why mr netflix yeah <laughs> his name's just net his last name's flicks <laughs> and it's why snyder's working with him because I said him again. <laughs> because Netflix, they do give filmmakers a boatload of money and say, do whatever you want. And that's a lot of creative freedom. In that So that's why they keep turning to it. Very cool stuff. I honestly liked Army of the Dead. I, I liked it. I had it a good time. Good. I, script, the dialogue was pretty trash, is though. Questionable. I yeah. had a good time. It was whenever the characters spoke, I had a problem. <laughs> I, yeah, but the action was great. I had a good time watching that movie. I don't, I don't understand the, the insane hate for it. But Rebel that, was Moon, a, that was a lockdown movie, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It? Yeah. It was a streaming release 2020, I think. But Rebel Moon looks sick, everybody. I'm very excited. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's also a trailer for Saoirse Ronan and Paul Meskel's new film, Foe. The internet's freaking out because these two Irish superstars are finally making out on, t on screen. <laughs> <laughs> they play a couple in a near dystopian future. We actually talked about this last week uh, when the photo was, in, was released, but now a trailer was released. It looks very cool. So what happens is this agent for this company 
is goes to the couple with an offer for one of them to be sent to a space station to live. And so it causes a clash between the couple because at first they think it's, oh, it's for both of us. But no, it's just for you. Do they have to decide? Yes. Ah. Interesting. It's a pretty interesting trailer. But it's also cool because it's like a dystopian sci-fi future film, but it's all just like on a ranch, mm-hmm. which I think is a cool idea. Why not just stay on the ranch? It doesn't have to be like all sorts of tech and machinery and yeah. futuristic things. You can still have a futuristic world, but like in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. Because like in the future, yeah, the cities, metropolitan areas will be very high-techy, but the middle of Wisconsin will still be the middle of Wisconsin, you know? Yeah, man. Still, just be bards, <laughs> barns and cows and chickens. <laughs> it's still gonna be there. All right, we got another teaser trailer, but for <laughs> Good Burger Two. Good Burger. We were just talking about this in our food episode. It uh, it brings Keaton Thompson, Thompson and Kel Mitchell back together as their famous characters from Nickelodeon so many years ago. This is gonna be a Paramount Plus release because Paramount owns Nickelodeon. And it looks like a sequel to the movie. It's, it's you know, very campy, very fun and silly. And it looks like Kel has been working at Good Burger still his entire life. And Keenan maybe doesn't want to work there anymore like he never did in the show, in the movie. Yeah, I've read the synopsis and he's got he's like a family man. He has a different job. He's like kind of grown up in a way. And then Kel is still Kel from 20 years ago. It looks silly. It looks, and it looks like Good Burger. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Good Burger. That's <laughs> so what you expect. <laughs> Next up, we have the first poster... For Wes Anderson's new film, The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar, it's going to be coming out on Netflix on September 27th, so in a month, you're going to be able to see a new Wes Anderson movie. That's insane! You just made a movie! It is a short film, though. Okay. It's 39 minutes, which is a long short film, 39 minutes long, and it's actually got a fucking great cast. Ray Fiennes, Dev Patel, and Benedict Cumberbatch will be the lead of the film, which I'm really excited to see Cumberbatch in the Wes Anderson world. Also, Dev Patel is a fantastic actor. Ray Fiennes, obviously, is a series regular for Wes Anderson, um, Richard Oyadi as well as joined the cast, and Ben Kingsley. It's not going to be like the cast of 30 A-listers like usual, because I think <laughs> there's less story, obviously, and less scenes, but the set photo that we got, the still, and this poster have me really excited to watch this film. I'm, I don't have Netflix, but I'm going to stream it illegally. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have Netflix, so you can, sign, you can log in. Oh, cool. And Thanks. this is based off the Rule Doll novel. Yes. So Very interesting. September 27th, you can It'll see It'll be it. a good test, I think, for shorter form content, maybe, for Netflix. I think so, too. But also, I mean, everybody online acted like they love Wes Anderson from that video memeing, from the trend on TikTok. And then when they watched his actual movie that came out this year, like they're like, I don't like this. <laughs> it's not the same as the TikTok trend. Hey, I'm curious though. I'm curious to see what a 40 minute movie performs like on a streaming platform. I think it could do really well. I think there's a space for it because I think the the five 10 minute movie, that big platform, what was it called? Like that failed miserably. A movie or something like that. Like five 10 years yeah. ago, they tried to launch with just shorts and it did not work. But I think there's something to like the 40 minute movie that could work. Yeah, just I like an episode so. of TV. And I mean, it's Wes Anderson. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be watching, and I'll watch. Moving on to Heat 2 news, Michael Mann confirms talks with Adam Driver, hopes to make the sequel after Ferrari. He's confirmed that, obviously, they're working together on Ferrari, but he wants Adam Driver to play the original role played by Robert De Niro in the prequel, which this movie would be. And he said, Adam and I talked about it extensively from before the strike began when we were still shooting Ferrari. So I think there's still hopes that, might, uh, that Heat 2 happens. I would love that. And he rumored that he wants Chalamet for Al Pacino's character. I wonder, hmm. 
That'd be cool. And what so, do you do, like a Pacino impression? <laughs> <laughs> so the film is going to be based on Heat 2, the book that Michael Mann wrote. Mm-hmm. And the book follows the events before the film and the events after the film. And so it will be like kind of a prequel and a sequel all mashed up into one. Pacino and De Niro back again? Yeah. That would be a sick movie. Well, that the I old, mean, I'm, I'm not De Niro. I mean, yeah. sorry. <laughs> Pacino back. No, Pacino wouldn't be back. Uh-huh. It would be the new actors playing them in both. It, it's not like it's going to be like 40 years after events. It would be like right after the heist. Oh, so they're going to like age them. So it would be like what happened to them. What are they? What, what in Val Kilmer's character as well, what happened after the heist went wrong? Timmy looks too young, though. He might look too young for that. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, he's, they looked like they aged him up pretty well in Dune 2. But he's not supposed to be aged up in Dune. It's only not many years past. Isn't it eight years? I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Oh, yeah, sorry. He's actually a baby at Dune 2. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, what's he like? He's probably like 26, 27 years old right now. But he just looks, like, so young. No, I think he's 25. I think he's still pretty young. No. How, How old is he? Let me check. He had such a rocket ship career so quickly. He was like 32 when he was an interstellar. <laughs> <laughs> he is 27. Damn. 27 years old. Good career. Pretty good career so far. Uh, that's interesting. I had a cat. No, I didn't even have a cat at 27. At 27? There uh, was a cat around. There was one, yeah, yeah. There was one. Anyways, let's move on to some more news. So Oppenheimer has become the fifth biggest R-rated film in global box office history, which is absurd. So congratulations to Oppenheimer. Still making that money, still making that cheddar cheese. I wonder if it could make, what's it over, 700 million right now? 700 million right now. Wow. Pretty much exactly on the nose, and it passed It, Chapter 1. That's insane. Because It, Chapter 1 was a huge hit. Again, it's not going to hit Joker, but still, this is crazy, crazy numbers. And I just think it solidifies Christopher Nolan's status. He's going to be able to do anything he wants for the next 40 years. He always has been, though. Awesome. He it's always has awesome. been able to do whatever he wants That's since, true. since the Dark Knight. That's true. That's Literally, true. like, you think a studio would have signed off on Inception before he made the Dark Knight? Oh, Chris. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. So, wait, what? <laughs> we don't like Leo DiCaprio. <laughs> I just, it's just nice to know that cinema has Nolan for another 40 years. Hopefully, yeah. Because he's, what, 50-something now? He's 27. <laughs> That's <laughs> <laughs> so that's a great post. So that's you, it's a stressful job, you know. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, we got thirty years of Nolan left. Forty. Well, he's, what you get? He's gonna direct until he's like ninety-eight. Yes, <laughs> that's what he said. He said he wants to direct till he's dead. Well, that's great. Yeah. I hope hopefully he takes care of him, keeps taking care of himself. Seems Just like make a, sure you go on those walks with your dog, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see uh, the press story he's doing in China? Yeah, yeah, in Beijing. His son is taking photos for him. It's so cute. Yeah, it's very cute. Yeah. I saw his son like t- taking photos. Chris Nolan like eating ice cream at a hotel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chinese ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The internet's so funny. Chris Nolan enjoys ice cream in Beijing. <laughs> <laughs> the content I didn't know I needed. Him just taking a bite of ice cream. <laughs> man, imagine if Stanley Kubrick was around during Instagram times. Oh, he would not be a part of it. <laughs> no, but people would be taking photos of him everywhere. He would hate it. Yeah, he would hate it. He would it. probably be like, um, no, no, he actually... He actually he took his own photos sometimes. He was a he liked to do self portraits. A lot of his photos on set yeah, too. But he was a photographer, so yeah, he appreciated photography. He would take the selfie. He would take selfie photos in the mirrors with his smartphone of hotel rooms. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he, just, he would. He would always do that with his film cameras. <laughs> There's it. like five photos of him just like this with the film camera in the mirror. <laughs> he would totally be doing that with the selfie. Nah, I don't think Kubrick would have a smartphone. Maybe he would. Who knows? 
I think Kubrick would have had a smartphone. And I think Kubrick would, um, he probably would have liked digital cameras. Nah, I think so. I don't think so. I think he would have, I think him, he would have like had like a Fincher mentality of it, of like, let me, I have complete control of the image now. Hmm. And being able to see it live. I think he would have uh, embraced cinema, digital, digital cinematography. We would have, we'll never know. Let's move on to what's this Bill Burr news? He's making a movie? Bill Burr's directing a movie. So, this film will be called Old Dads. And it comes out on Netflix this, this fall. So, they already made it. They're just waiting to release the trailers. Yeah, because he had a, a, his first kid pretty late in age, like in his, in his late 40s or 50s. I think so, yeah. yeah. So, Old Dads will be Bill Burr's directorial debut and will explore the challenges of middle age co penned by Burr himself alongside Ben Tischler. This offers a comedic glance into the challenges of middle age adaptation and the intricacies of fatherhood. Bill Burr doesn't just stay behind the scenes on this one. He also plays the main character, Jack. Jack's journey mirrors that of many in the twilight of their careers, albeit with a humorous spin. Alongside a close-knit group of friends played by Bobby Cadenavali, Bakim Woodbine, and Jack faces pivotal moment when they decide to sell their established company to a younger millennial. Suddenly, this trio of fathers finds themselves paddling against the current of a rapidly changing world. Cultural shifts, career transitions, and the bittersweet hilarity of parenting in a modern age are all explored as these old dads fumble their way through it. Very cute. Sounds we'll probably get a trailer soon. I mean, I, I love that Bill Burr's like taking this crazy amount of control in his career. He got the Star Wars money, man. I know, Star Wars, <laughs> Star Wars money, but also the stand Netflix. Up, actually, yeah, stand-up money. He's got a great relationship with Netflix. You know? What do they get? Like, he'll, he'll, Someone like him, Netflix special, what, like 20 mil? Probably. Yeah, that's probably crazy. at least. Yeah. I mean... Because Chappelle, his deal was like 50 mil for four specials, I think. Yeah. It's like the top tier comics. Like, they sell them for so much. Yeah, like, Chris they, Rock, I think, sold his for 30 mil. Something like for, that. At Netflix. And Burr's sold them. They'll, those get streams like crazy. Yeah. Bill Burr's gets a ton of views as well. He's, he's one of the biggest comics alive. So, yeah, he gets yeah. paid. He gets paid big time. Stand-up is a, a pillar of Netflix. It has been yeah. for a while. It yeah. really has been. All right, let's move on to some more news. Lord of the Rings news. Lord of the Rings, The War of the Rohirrim. Rohirrim? Rohirrim. Rohirrim. Sorry. The war Unsubscribed! The, the Rohirrim has been delayed from April 2024 to December 2024. Now, this is an animated film that is has been in production for a while. Is it the anime? Yeah. Or is it animated? I think anime. It, yeah, it's an anime. Yeah. yeah. And it's set 183 years before the events of Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Origins. The War of the Rohirrim tells the story of Helm. Hammerhand, a legendary king of Rohan who must defend against an army of Dunlendings. What's that Dunlending? I have no idea. <laughs> he becomes the namesake for the stronghold of Helm's Deep. So I love the idea and I love the story. And this one we've been hearing about for a while now. It's interesting and perplexing why it's been pushed because it's an animated film. Dunlendings way- are wild men of Dunland. Gotcha. Why it's been pushed all the way to December. Maybe because maybe because so many movies are being pushed to Well, this is a Warner Brothers movie. Also, I think that the spring is filling up because of the new releases yeah. from all of these. So I think that and also April to December. December's a great month for releasing as opposed to April. So they might feel really good about the movie and want to hit more money in December. We'll see. I'm very curious about it and I hope it's good. And also December is Oscar season, so maybe they're they feel confident it could be a contender for best animated film. Well, that's a good idea. Good yeah, point. I think that's I think that's probably why. Sometimes movie theaters, I mean, movie studios will change the release date because they feel very strongly about the film, and they're like, you know, it will perform better 
we had us in a in a weak slot, but let's put it in a stronger slot because it's actually better than we we were expecting. I believe it's it's really an original story too, to an extent, because I believe uh, Helm, his name is featured in the appendix of Lord of the Rings. So it's just like a couple of notes. Yeah, and I believe they created a story based off just the so like Rings of Power. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> so it's it's gonna be an original <laughs> screenplay from. Who's a, an appendix. Who's of, writing it? The writers are blah 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 blah. Phoebe Gittens and Artie Papa, Papa Giorgio. And what, what have they done? Uh, I can't click on their names on Wikipedia. It's produced by, I believe, Philippa Boyens, Boyens, who was oh, she's she she's wrote one of the writers the, of the films of the three. Yeah, I believe she's producing it or was producing it. Directed by Kenji Kamiyama. So, oh, I mean, Brian Cox is in it. He's he's voicing the villain. Miranda, Miranda Otto's Eowyn in it. She's uh, narrating it because she hasn't oh, been born cool, yet, but cool. she's reprising a role to narrate the movie. So I'm very intrigued by it. New Line Cinema is producing as well. They made the original three. Production, it's just done basically, I'm sure. So the director, he actually worked on some classic anime films like Akira. Um, oh, Phoebe Giddens is Boyan's daughter. Oh, really? Philippa Boyan's daughter. Oh. She must be an expert on Lord of the Rings then, too. Legit. Writers. Jeff Addis. So Jeff Addis and Will Matthews the Dark came, Crystal. Up with, they came up with the story. And then the screenplay by Phoebe Gittens and Artie Papa Giorgio. I'm, I'm, I'm staying optimistic. I'll be optimistic. Staying optimistic. I'll be optimistic if she's involved. All right, last bit of news. We like to say that we love when movie theaters and studios re-release movies. And we have a new one coming up in September. Rain Man, the excellent, heartwarming Tom Cruise, Dustin Hoffman film, is getting a re-release in cinemas on September 17th and 20th. So be sure to get your tickets. They're on sale now from Fathom Events. We just saw Old Boy from Fathom Events. Coraline's getting a re-release again on the 28th and 29th of August. So I think this is awesome. I love Rain Man. I'm probably definitely going to see it because this movie is terrific. It's also Hans's first score as a composer. Holy crap, you're right. Yep. That's right. His first score. Man. I might be wrong. I, I feel confident about saying that. It's his first solo score because he was an assistant for a few years um, working on scores with c composers as their protégés. And then they, they, I believe this was his first time scoring a film by himself. He's like, I can do a better job than this guy. Legit. <laughs> <laughs> So I think I believe this capped off his career. I'm really excited to hear his score for the creator. I didn't know he was doing it until George Carmi made a tweet about it. Yeah. And I was like, Hans Zimmer's doing the creator? I am even more intrigued by this movie. It's interesting because he didn't do sci-fi uh, for forever. And then the last decade, he's just been in love with sci-fi. So like the 2000s? With Nolan, he started doing sci-fi with mm -hmm. Inception. I'm try trying to think of if he did a science fiction score before Inception. And I really can't think of one. And For now, the 2000s? No, ever. Ever? Let me Like check. science fiction, I mean, I might be wrong, but I can't think of anything in terms of science fiction. And then he seems to fit so well with science fiction um, with the last 15 years of his career. It's just been like bread and butter. It's been like spaghetti and meatballs, lamb and tuna fish. Just a match made in heaven. Yeah, I mean, holy crap, I think you're right. Yeah, I can't think of a science fiction film he'd ever scored before Inception. 
I'm going through him on Spotify. It doesn't have every album he's done, but yeah, really, it looks like the first science fiction film he did was Inception, which is crazy because now you think of Hans and you think science fiction. That's one of the genres that like are perfect for him. Huh. Wow. That but then, is but then wild. since Inception, he's been all about sci-fi, you know? Holy crap. That's so weird. Isn't that crazy? I am mind blown right now. Now, is that a fact that there weren't that many great sci-fi movies in the 90s and 80s and in the mid-2000s and now the sci-fi genre is booming? Or is it just that he didn't really have the interest in it? Maybe a little bit of both. But I, I was, yeah, it's shocking because he's so perfect for sci-fi. he's done so many now. Yeah. I mean, if all these superhero movies you could technically say are, are sci-fi. Yeah, but even if you, take, yeah, if you take out superhero movies, it's still like he's done a bunch. Yeah, Blade, I mean, Blade Runner, Chappie, like so many. Too many to count. Dune, obviously. <laughs> that is pretty wild. I mean, Dark Phoenix, basically. Yeah. Holy crap. Wow. I mean, that's very cool. That's And what's cool is the cool creator the trailer, day. they've just played that Dream On song, the Aerosmith cover. Yeah. So we don't even know what the music tastes like yet. We, we even get a sample. We haven't tasted but it, but we're seeing it this week. Oh yeah, we're getting a huge early access, almost a month in advance of watching the creator at IMAX on Tuesday. Yeah, it comes out on September 29th, so it's gonna be it very early. Maybe screening. we'll be able to allowed. Maybe we'll be allowed to make a tweet about it. Usually, it's yeah. like a social media interaction. Yeah. Okay, but other than that, you can't review it usually. Yeah, and so no, no full review, but I think, we'll be, able, I think we'll be able to do like a first reaction tweet. I think it's going to be a big movie. Yeah, I think, I so think people are really excited about it, mm -hmm. and I think it's going to have maybe not the, a huge opening weekend, but I think it's going to have great word of mouth. It it's looks some, yeah, awesome. It's a movie that I think could pull, it has the potential to pull half a, half a bill. It's just, I think they are going to start ramping up the marketing campaign very soon, and then, you know, banking on the fact that the director of Rogue One is going to be a huge kind of marketing tool for them. And also, I mean, it's a story we don't know. It's original. And I, mean, I mean, people people are craving new stories. They really are. And just the lackluster performance of the last several superhero movies tell you that. Like, people want something new, especially in the sci-fi fantasy genre. We want something we've never seen before. I think it's going to be an important movie. Yeah. A surprisingly important movie, I think the creator will be. Yeah. It's it's an emotional trailer. It is. For, like, I'm, I got me feeling about robots. I when was I like, saw oh, it, man. When I, when I saw it in theaters, the trailer, like, last week, I was like, this movie looks sick. And I'm not sure if you see this, but John David Washington gets a lot of hate online for oh, his big, acting. big time. Like, every time we make a clip about JD, JW, JDW, people are like, that guy can't act for shit. He's terrible, horrible. I'm like, he's awesome. He's great in Tenet. He's great. He's excellent in Malcolm and Marie. Yeah. I never saw his TV show. Black but Black Klansman, he's great. Yeah, Black Klansman, he's fucking fantastic. I don't understand the uh, the vitriol against him. I guess some people have that like nepo nepo baby stigma, but then they like yeah. love people like uh, they love plenty of Rose Depp and all that. Yeah, it's shocking because like half of Hollywood are Is, nepo yeah. babies. Half of young actors, yeah, I mean, they'll love Jack Quaid. Yeah, but then the they hate JDW. It's weird. It's odd. I think he's awesome. Maybe it's Wyatt because, Russell too. They love. Maybe it's because he's too good. I think it's um, you know, a little envy. A little envy. Like, oh, he just gets to work in a Christopher Nolan movie. He gets to be the creator. <laughs> <laughs> but he does sound just like his dad. He does. And <laughs> Antoine Fuqua, who we're going to see at a Q&A on Wednesday, he said that he's interested in doing Equalizer prequels with John David Washington. I'd be up for that. Yeah, I'm sure too. he would. He said he would make a great uh, earlier version. He would because he's a former professional athlete. He's a great athlete, which is why he works so well doing Tenet and all the fight choreography. So I think he's a great action star. 
Absolutely. the making, and I can't wait to see what he does with the creator. I think it's really smart of Gar- Gareth Edwards to cast him in the creator because for me, he worked so well in Tenet. Yeah, and just and I think it's just he is such a he's going to be such a big star in Hollywood. I think, I think he could be like a big sci-fi leading man. Yeah. going forward. Absolutely. Because, I mean, two huge blockbusters, sci-fi films that he's leading. And I think this might be the film because he gets, he gets his performance in Tenet gets a lot of hate because he plays a very stoic character. He's not playing someone who's, like, got these crazy monologues and super emotional scenes and um, ability and range to really chew up dialogue. You know, he plays a, the stoic. The stoic character often gets overlooked by audiences, but I thought he did a stellar job. And it looks like the creator gives him a little more to do in terms of acting range. But if you if anyone's unsold on him as an actor, watch Malcolm Emery. Yeah, he's great. I mean, Tenet, he's protagonist is similar to Neo in the Matrix where he's he's getting answered a yeah. lot of que- he's a, he's asking a lot of questions, getting a lot of answers and you're that audience member. You're getting the rules for like the first half of the movie yeah. with him and not everyone loves that approach to a character. But he's great. He cries his ass off in a few scenes, too. Dude, that opening scene is epic. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> oh, my God. I was sold within seconds of watching that movie. Like, all right, this guy's awesome. Fuck yeah. Anyways, that wraps up movie news number 114. Holy crap. This week for episodes. Tomorrow, we're doing a Martin Scorsese movie draft. Me versus Anthony. We both took picked 10 movie teams. Mine's better. And we're going to let you vote on Spotify because we can put polls up on Spotify who you think had the best Martin Scorsese movie team? It was so much fun. Vote for me. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't, if you don't use Spotify regularly, just go vote over there so we can get as many votes as possible on that episode. And the winner of the draft pick gets the other gets free dinner from the other one. Was the dinner or lunch? Or lunch, lunch. Now you're scared. I'm not scared. I'm you. Just... <laughs> <laughs> like, what about like a uh, coffee? <laughs> <laughs> Although it looks like, I mean, I might. Be buying you ramen because of Barbie. I mean, uh, ramen or whatever I want. Yeah, whatever you want. You yeah. always pick ramen for the wins. I listen. I love ramen, but every time there's a bet, you always say ramen for the prize. Like, what about anything else? Because ramen's awesome. Ramen is awesome. Although it is so hot out in LA, yeah, I don't, I'm not I'm sure. Not, I, I don't want to eat ramen in August. It's true. In, in Los Angeles, right, I'll just buy you a coffee then. That's not what I said. <laughs> Anyways, don't forget to vote on that episode tomorrow on Spotify as well as tune in on every single platform. Thanks for tuning in. The best way to support our show is to share us with your movie and friends. We learned at Podcast Movement that the best way for podcasts to grow is from word of mouth. So please share Raiders of Lost Podcast with your family and friends who love cinema, who love movies. Or if you want to get them more into movies, let them know our show is pretty fucking dope. <laughs> as well as leaving those five-star ratings on Spotify and Apple. They help us get seen by new listeners on the platforms and become a patron today at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Take care, everybody. See you next time. Thank you for watching Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit the like button as well, notifications for sure. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you can listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out this other content we have on our YouTube channel.